Welcome to the Situation in the Story podcast, where you get to listen in on compelling conversations with authors about their latest work and what's behind it. I'm your host, Chris Moore, a queer writer and educator living in Denver. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Situation in the Story. I'm your host, Chris Moore. A couple of updates, and I hope you'll excuse the repetition and the tedium of me asking once again for support, but I am once again asking for listener support. There are a few tiers of support available up at both anchor.fm slash situation and story and patreon.com slash situation and story. Some of those tiers come with some swag, uh, stickers, mugs. So take a look and um, if you'd love to support, go for it. Financial support aside, the easiest and most effective thing you can do for the show is to subscribe, leave a star rating, or write a review on your podcast app of choice. If you're listening on Spotify, a neat update dropped recently. You can now leave star ratings on Spotify. It's a one-click star rating from the show's homepage on the Spotify app. And then a lot of my listeners have asked about how to write a review on Apple Podcasts. And it's quite similar. Just navigate to the page of the podcast situation in the story. You can find it by searching for it or selecting it from your library. Scroll down to ratings and reviews. And under one of the highlighted ratings, you're going to see a link that says write a review. You'll be able to put a star rating in, a title for your review, and then you can write your review. Um, It can be up to 300 words long. Once you've finished, just select send or save in the top right corner. And all things support related aside, I truly just want to thank you for listening in on these conversations I have with authors about their stories. Conversation and story is what binds us together in our humanity. I truly believe that story is the antidote. So thank you so much for being here. So, first and foremost, why do you write? Why do I write? Oh, wow. Such a big question. Um, Well, it's sort of like... I can't imagine my life without writing. I mean, it's not even a thing that I think about now. It's like drinking water. It's like, Mm. you know, stretching my arms over my head when I wake up in the morning. It's just second nature completely. So um, I'm trying to think back to if there was a moment in which I decided to write. Um, In a way, I feel like the writing and half of my writing is really like journaling and all of that. it's almost as if I'm communicating with my own best friend who is also myself. Like the writing feels like I'm hanging out with my best friend who usually has far better advice than I do and has far more interesting things to say than I do. And so it's almost like I'm having my most fulfilling relationship with myself when I'm writing. It sounds very weird. I don't think I've ever tried to articulate this, but that makes um, sense. And sometimes it's it's a you know I, that my this relationship this relationship on the page is is you know the only person that I'm the only entity that I'm discussing these things with mm. at least at first and then of course you know you publish it and everybody hears about it but um, right. yeah it's very intimate. Um, I love that. So we're talking about your latest. Going short, an invitation of flash, flash fiction. When exactly did that come out? It came out so almost a year ago in okay. uh, last October, which of course was amidst like ultra pandemic and all of yeah. that. Yeah, and it was really interesting because I had doubts, as anybody who put out a book last year had doubts. You know, should I wait on this or whatever? And I just had this feeling that the timing was right. That actually, mm-hmm. people being home. Um, and like longing to get back in touch with their creativity and longing for something that was going to open them back up, that it was actually the perfect timing on some level. Mm -hmm. And, um, so it came out in October, 
lots of Zoom releases and all of that sort of thing. And it was just lovely. I mean, I, I don't even think that there's a different sort of book release that I wished for now that I saw what yeah. happened because it, it just felt like it landed at the right time with the right people. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's often a question that's discussed here with, with writers. You know, your book came out during COVID. How was that? Some Some folks are kind of devastated and others similar to you are like well it's different but it was a really great experience nonetheless so that's good yeah I gobbled this book up in like one sitting I think (laughs) I I couldn't stop maybe two sittings but um you know you spend most of the book kind of mapping out what flash fiction is and isn't but perhaps for the listener that's not as familiar, kind of, you know, what is flash fiction? Yeah, that's an awesome question. One <laughs> often overlooked. Um, so the like official definition would basically be it's a story, uh, meaning that it has narrative arc. It's got a beginning, middle, and end. It actually has like storytelling movement uh, in less than a thousand words. Mm. So there's kind of two components, that narrative aspect and that constraint of space aspect and I think it's really important and I talk about this a lot in the book uh, that people kind of coming to flash fiction will come from different places you know like uh, people who come from short form poetry particularly you know they don't really have an issue or usually don't have an issue with writing in a small compressed space that's something Mm -hmm. they're usually pretty comfortable with but maybe like okay i'm not sure if i'm actually telling a story here or if i'm just kind of setting a mood Mm -hmm. um so for some people there's a real learning around how do i tell a story in the small space not just inhabit the small space then on the other uh end of the continuum there are people who've been telling stories in the long form so um traditional short story writers all the way to novelists and, you know, creative nonfiction, etc. And they kind of have the opposite. You know, they're pretty good at telling story, but they think they need eight times as much room to really tell the story. And what they end up learning is about how much you really don't have to say. Yeah. And still, like, perfectly land your story. So I think that there's a lot of learning that happens for people depending on where they're coming from into the flash fiction world. Yeah, so I I got my MFA in creative nonfiction at um, the Mile High MFA. So, um, so you're a storyteller. I'm a storyteller, yeah. but I also have, you know, a long kind of history of writing poetry and prose poetry. And so when I was learning to write, essay and memoir I was doing a lot of that um, imagery and emotion and kind of unsure how to do narrative and then when I started getting involved in or interested in flash fiction or um, especially Hillary Left Witches collection and stuff that was kind of my first real dive into it I guess and um, it's a wonderful collection it is um I think one of the biggest things I took from this book is that difference between the imagery and emotion versus the narrative uh, driving flash fiction. Um, And it's really difficult to do, but it also feels really freeing Mm. and interesting and and exciting. Mm -hmm. So I just started dabbling and writing short stories and stuff. I don't think I've actually written a flash piece yet, but... After reading this, I mean, I'm ready to try. Yay! I'm sure I'm going to fail miserably at first, but that's okay. That's okay, because, like, (laughs) if you don't fail a couple times, you won't actually, like, start to win, you know? So I think so many people hold back from taking those first steps because they're like, well, but I'm really good in my other genre, and I don't want to become a beginner again. That's scary. That's, like, not good for my ego, you know? And for me, it's like woo, like you get to become a beginner again. Like how awesome, how much possibility is open. We're not attached to being good at it anymore. So we can just like play. And to me, like the best stuff comes when we're just having a lot of fun. And then all of a sudden we're like, whoa, check that out. I just wrote this awesome flash fiction piece and I wasn't trying to. Yeah. Um, 
before, you know, early days of being intrigued by flash fiction, I would, I would do these Google searches like, what actually is it? Like, what makes it it? You know what I mean? And I kept coming up short, so I'm really thankful for this book that you wrote because I feel like now it feels like a roadmap almost. Like, I can take this and now try it because wow. I feel like I have this guide. I so. love that. I love that, yeah. like, that that's your uh, take of it because that was my intention. So I'm like, woo! And for me, I started writing this book 10 years ago, literally 10 years ago. And I started writing flash fiction like 12 years ago or 15 years ago, you know? So early in my career, I was like, somebody needs to write all this down because I was already teaching workshops and people were like, is there a book that you can recommend? And I'm like, there's Mm -hmm. not actually, I should probably write that book, you know? And then I was like, I'm going to write that book. And all of a sudden it was like, whoa, like, okay, I'm going to write that book that's going to like be the roadmap. Oh my gosh. And I have <laughs> abandoned this project and come back to it and abandon it and come back to it so many times. And as I became a better flash fiction writer, I had to rewrite whole chapters of it, change everything I was going to say. So this, this project is really like a long-term like love affair relationship with with flash fiction and with all the people that have blessed me with sharing their flash fiction with me, whether that's in a teacher student um, situation or just, you know, the beautiful books that I've read. So it, it, it was so intimidating to write a book that I felt like was worthy of this genre that has meant so much to me and that would actually be useful for people. Um, so I love that it's useful for you. It just makes me feel so happy. Good. I mean, I and I love, <clears throat> I love that it's kind of written in these little short. Yep. You know, I'm sure it, was that kind of intentional. That was part of the process, actually. Yeah. I, I think it, it it happens somewhat naturally because everything I write now comes out short, so it's almost right. like I can't write past a thousand words in a sitting. Yeah. Um, but also, it was one of those breakthroughs in the process of abandoning and recoming back to it. Where I was like, wait a minute, like wait a minute, you know, like, I shouldn't be talking about flash fiction and not writing flash fiction to talk about flash fiction. It makes no sense to be doing it any other way. And so then I got really intentional about it. And as anybody who's read the book will know, there are chapters, quote, chapters in there that are literally a couple sentences long, you know, lots Mm -hmm. of white space. And I love that the book decided to land that way and that I quit fighting it and let it land that way. Me too, because, I mean, for me, it's an intimidating genre, as it is, So, and, and craft books, I mean, they're hard when they're lengthy like that, and this was digestible, and highlightable, and just, yeah, I'm excited to try it out. Yay. So, Can yeah, I ask you a question? You said flash yeah. fiction is intimidating. I'm just curious, like... How to, it's... How is it intimidating, you mean? Yeah. Well, it's more exciting than intimidating. I think it was intimidating before I read Going Short because I had such a hard time wrapping my head around what exactly it is and how to do it. Like, it's not just going short, you know, when you talk about the zoom lens and the most important five minutes and of a story and things like that, it really helps me understand, okay, this, it, it, it's, 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 I don't know. Um, Well, I love exciting over intimidating. That, that feels like a win for me. Yeah. I think just intimidating because I'd never done it. And, um, but like I said, now I feel like I can. So, And I think what you'll find and what I found when I was going short myself in that process, because I I came from novel writing, so I came from like the long form narrative and I did poetry, obviously, but that wasn't like my identity. So when I, so when I started writing flash fiction, I, I was struggling and I was just kind of like taking excerpts of my long pieces and being like, okay, this will stand as a piece by itself. And I took a flash fiction class in my MFA which was at Naropa back in 2007. I I did undergrad there. Okay. Yes. Love Naropa. And I love mile high. And Kathy fish is 
a flash fiction, you know, aficionado who's at Mile High for anybody who's listening. Um, She may have moved on at this point, but if you were lucky, you got to work with her. Uh, But anyway, so I would, so I took a flash fiction class in my MFA 2007 and I was just cheating the whole time. I really was. I was just like excerpting pieces of my longer work and putting a title on it and submitting Mm -hmm. it as flash fiction. And I remember the day that I actually wrote a flash fiction piece, like as a flash fiction piece, not like cannibalizing my longer work, but mm-hmm. actually like, oh, wow, look, it just came out as flash fiction. It just like ended perfectly. And, and it was a shift and I felt that shift. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then I really just didn't ever look back. But I do think that there's a shift for people. And it happens for me when I write poetry now. Like if I decide I want to write some poetry the first few poems, I'm like, it hurts. I haven't written poetry in a while. This is terrible. Oh, yeah. But then all of a sudden, boom, then it, then it comes out as a poem. And like, then I'm in poetry mode, you know? And I right. think that you got to be in flash fiction mode, you know? And mm-hmm. sometimes there's a little transition there. So heed the warning that there can be a transition, but that it will be brief if you push through it. Yeah. It feels, like I said, kind of freeing to, like, in my mind, flash fiction is really a a, a tight art. Like, um, but it's less daunting because coming from long form. When I first started my MFA, my mentors and and workshop fellows were noticing how much I was saying about every little thing. It was like every freaking detail. So my MFA was really about learning how to say more with less. But, you know, I was still in kind of the long form. So then I, after I put my manuscript down, and it's kind of heavy material, um, that's not really fun to write about. Um, (laughs) So I started thinking, you know, maybe I can access this through, you know, the short story genre or fictionalize it a bit so that I can, you know, get close to it without having to get too close to it. Yes. Um, yes. And then moving forward, now I feel like I could go even shorter. And there's so much you can say in such a little space that, that for me, it's like almost, I think, more powerful. I think so too. And I think when people see the final result kind of like with poetry, um, they're like, oh, it's so tiny, you know, it, it must be easy. <laughs> and that's just not true. Because no. the whole behind the scenes, as anybody who's a writer will know, is that to get it distilled to that meant it started here and here and here and here. And we had mm-hmm. to shrink and cut and like, and there was so much distilling that happened so that when you see that final product, it's, it's the top layer of like so much that came before it. And I love that process personally. Like when I'm, I, my process of writing now is I always kind of overwrite and then I cut it back and Mm. I love the cutting back process. It's almost like I'm, I'm trimming the hedge or I'm like scalping, you know? And, and for me, it's, it's like I test each sentence. I ask like, okay, if I took this one out, is anybody confused? Nope. Okay. There it goes. Okay. If I took this one out, will they lose the meaning? No, because the next sentence is resonating with that meaning. So I don't need that. Boom. Take it out. Okay. And then it's just this process of like, what else can I take out so that it's just like the, the watercolor outline that allows the reader to kind of fill in all those beautiful details themselves. That's a good, that's, an interesting way to think about it as far as like I don't know I think about myself and my spaces and my environment and I'm kind of minimalist and I I love to purge and I love to cut back and I love to curate perfectly like it almost feels like maybe this might be the genre for me (laughs) yeah yeah and you could take like a chunk from this um, manuscript that you wrote and just like put it to the like purge test, you know, mm-hmm. and just see like, could I take it down by half? Could I take it down by right. two thirds? Like what would right. be left? And yeah. would that, would what's left do the job? 
Yeah. Sometimes we find it does better even. Okay. Oh. It's kind of like somebody so, coming up to you and just saying like, you know, one powerful thing. And you're like, whoa. As opposed to somebody coming up to you and being like, and then I was thinking about this, then I was thinking about this, and then here's a powerful thing I'm going to say, and then I'm going to say this, and then I'm also going to say this, and then it's like, it all gets lost in there. But if they just say yeah. one thing, like, Chris, you know, whatever that yeah. thing is, uh, then it's like, oh, all this white space surrounding that. There's nowhere for me to go except there. You know, there's no other option. I wonder if there's a, a way to create a flash fiction memoir collection. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> to, like, yep. blend those. Yep, I do that. And actually, that's, that's sort of where my work has gone the last five, seven years. Um, and I'm actually teaching flash novel, I, I call it flash novel, um, workshops, and even a flash novel mastermind for people who have taken workshops with me before. Because that really is, I've decided, like, where my sweet spot is, coming from writing novels, coming from being a novelist, discovering flash fiction. For me now, it's like that spot where I'm going to tell an epic story, but I'm going to tell it through the flash fiction lens. So whether that's, like, really compressing all the narrative in the, in the big picture, whether that's, like, fragmenting it into, like, smaller flash fictions that, like, mosaic together. I think there's a lot that can happen for me, and I'm encouraging people to think about it uh, with the, like, what I call flash novel, but just this idea of, like, both flash fiction and the epic story in the same space. Mm. Like, how do they play together? Yeah, that's 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 exciting to me. Mm-hmm. Me too. Um, <laughs> well, like, if each flash fiction is its own narrative, how do you put all these together and make it an even longer story? It seems contradictory. What do you think? Well, I think, yeah, it, it's to me it's like taking a piece of glass, right? Like a big sheet of glass, break it. It breaks into uh-huh. a thousand pieces, right? And then you like put those pieces back together. And, you know, that's essentially what people are doing with mosaics anyway. And you put those pieces back together, but you make them make another picture. We're not just gluing them back together to make that square of glass. We're taking Mm. all these pieces of glass and we're going to make a beautiful mosaic of like, I don't know, a flower or whatever it may be. And so it's like the little pieces hold and the big piece is something totally different. So to mm. me, it's it's almost like both. Mm. It's like both and. What's um? You talk. You said you teach flash novel. Mm-hmm. What is the? I mean, are there some examples of of work that yeah. kind of lives in that realm at this point yeah and i think there are examples but i don't think people are necessarily calling them flash novels mm-hmm. um i do think that novella in flash is becoming a term that you will see um which is great it's good that there's a term mm-hmm. i have always been you know and actually my graduate thesis from naropa was the flash novel and why we need it, and why we need this term, and, like, because for me, it's, like, grab the term, stake the claim, claim the land, and then we'll figure out what it is. Let's just claim the land, like, where we're basically saying, look, a novel doesn't have to be 60,000 words, and flash fiction can do more than just tell one single story, you know, and, like, we're Mm -hmm. gonna figure it out. So what I find is that people, yeah, they'll say, like, what's a what's a list of flash novels and I'm like good luck we're creating that list as we speak (laughs) and isn't that exciting because like how often do you get to be like on the forefront of genre and that's why I even love flash fiction because it's only 25 30 years old as a genre with a name you know with land it was that old Mm -hmm. yeah okay yep so like one one thing that I'll um point people towards is a book called uh Department of Speculation by Jenny Offal. Mm. And it is it is lovely. Um, and she's doing just that. She's she's telling a long story, but she's doing it in very fragmented, I would almost say micro fictions, like they're really mm. tiny, some of them. And yet when you put them all together, you see the big mosaic of what's going on. 
you think it's helpful to, so, for example, that earlier this week I interviewed um, Janine Olette, who wrote The Part That Burns, and it's what she calls a memoir in fragments. How is that different, or is it helpful to have those distinctions, or do they in some ways blend yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think both. Um, and I think it's really important for a writer to like name their own work, you know, like, right. like, sh- like I might read her book and say, Oh, this is a flash novel. But if she's calling it a memoir in fragments, then that's what it is, you know? Okay. And I think that that's like the first like autonomy that we have to claim as writers. Like if I write something that I say is flash fiction, but somebody else is like, no, that's a prose poem. I win. It's my work. You know what I mean? If I say it's not fiction, then it is. But I think it's important because we give so much power away to, like, the Barnes & Noble shelving categories or, Mm -hmm. you know, what are the industry standards, you know? And and then we try to write inside of industry standards because we feel like, well, if my novel isn't 60,000 words, they're not going to take it seriously. So I'm going to write 20,000 extra words even though it doesn't need it because I want to be taken seriously by the standard. Right. So I think the first thing is really to like respect the, the names that we are giving our own work, you know, it's like Mm. respecting, you know, the words that people want to be used to be called themselves, you know? And so, yes, if she's calling it a memoir in fragments, that's what I would call it. Now, is there crossover? Probably. Um, is somebody's prose poem flash fiction in my world? Probably, sometimes, but sometimes maybe not. You know, sometimes I might look at their prose poem and be like, no, that's clearly a prose poem because there's not really that full sense of narrative, but it is using sentences and it's a lovely prose poem. And so, yeah, I think that there's it, there's both a need to honor the identity of the author and what they are setting out to do And I think it's helpful, though, to have categories because without any categories at all, then people don't know how what they're writing fits, where Mm -hmm. it goes, what checks, what box it checks. And so then they feel like, well, why am I writing this? It checks no boxes. Uh, I think flash fiction as a term legitimized like a whole slew of people writing things that had not been taken seriously before because there was no checkbox there was no category to put them in and as soon as there was a category oh oh well now this is flash fiction okay well now we take it seriously now it's got a spot on the shelf or Mm -hmm. maybe it doesn't have a spot on the shelf in Barnes and Noble yet I don't know but um so I sort of feel like the same thing is happening with what I'm calling the flash novel and what other people might be calling something else. This idea that there is a hybrid book that wants to come out mm-hmm. and we need to just create some space for it without necessarily dictating the terms. Okay. That's sort of so, my clever way of not answering your question. It works. <laughs> well, it is like it's, I mean, genre is a gray area. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially as we move forward in time and things change and um I am curious I don't this question could come this question could come off wrong I don't okay. want to insult the genre okay um when I think about the advent of the internet and social media and the twitterification of language I start to wonder, is that part of why we write or read flash fiction because it's so short and so, you know, I mean, that's kind of the way we process information now. Do you think the two are related at all? I do, but I think maybe in a different way than people think. So I think that the first um, assumption is like, well, people are so busy, so we're going to have to write smaller pieces uh, you know of literature for them to absorb in smaller amounts of time because nobody really has time for like a whole book so you know we're going to save literature by making it tiny I think that's the first place where people go when they're kind of puzzling through this question I would say that's untrue because 
if all we needed were tiny pieces of literature to fill our busy world, then poetry would be flourishing and mm. everybody would be reading poetry on the train, you know, and everybody would be, you know, poetry would just be like uh, all over Twitter, which it's not. Uh, so I would say that, yes, though, there is a correlation. And for me, the correlation has to do more with the technologies available to us. So um, because we are living in an internet world and because there's so many more possibilities, I think that there are now spaces for people to write these tiny things that there weren't spaces for that before. So before the internet, you know, here's, here's your options to get your work out there. Your options are to publish in this magazine, to publish this book, to do, you know, a certain number of things. Most of them were tangible. And now that we have the internet, there's all these other possibilities and there's all these other spaces that have opened up. And I think people are like, wow, okay, well, there never was a space that was five inches by five inches in a magazine that I could fill before and now I can. So I think that the internet has created space for flash fiction like actually on the page. Uh, the other thing that I think though is interesting, and I would say this goes with using computers to write in general. And if you look at the evolution of like how people wrote, right? When they're writing by hand, we get 900 page novels because mm -hmm. who's gonna go rewrite these pages, right? And then <laughs> when they switch to typewriters, we're getting three and 400 page novels, you know? Right. And I just think that there is a correlation now that we're on word processors that make it very easy for us to edit. And we do not have to crumple up whole pages and type them all over or wipe them out or anything. Mm -hmm. I think that there's been an ease of editing that has allowed us to say, well, what if I took this out? What if I took this out? It's so easy to take it out that I'm willing to try. And so, yes, I think in that way, the internet and the computers have allowed for this genre to flourish, but not in the way that people's attention span is not there, because I actually think it takes a sophisticated reader to enjoy flash fiction. Me too. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, I, yeah. Well, I think what you said makes perfect sense about the types of technology available to us now. That's interesting. So you were a long form writer. You have novels out. Um, you've been doing this for how long? I have been writing, I have been publishing for 20 years. I just realized okay. yesterday I was kind of adding it up. Um, just about 20 yeah. years. Cool. So what was the transition like? And I know you said it was like, I, I kind of cheated for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, for me, and to clarify, I don't have novels published. I have novels written in my drawers, but I don't have novels published because I hadn't quite found my voice at, okay. in long form. Um, so I wrote about three or four practice novels, which anybody listening who's like, practice novel, it's, <laughs> it's a thing, trust me, you're going to yeah. need some practice novels. Um, so I have about three of those. And... Um, for me, the transition started, again, back to Naropa, um, such a pivotal time for me, because after the flash fiction class, a bunch of us from that class, again, we were like green, green with flash fiction, and so was the world at that time. We were like, mm -hmm. we, need to, we need to publish some flash fiction. We need to get more flash fiction out there in the world. And so we actually created a, a press, um, Fast Forward Press. We put out our first anthology in 2008. And then we put out anthologies for the next five years. Um, so we were like in existence from about 2008 to about 2013, putting out stuff. Um, the books are still out there in the world. Some of them are now like held for ransom at like high prices by Amazon. But uh, we spent five years collecting, searching for, collating and curating flash fiction into these anthologies. And it was like, I felt like, and we were the only press at that time who was focusing completely on flash fiction, um, putting out like hard copy books. And I felt like we were sort of like a vortex. So it was really a great education for me because all these people who were writing this thing and didn't know where it belonged suddenly were like, wait a minute, there's a press that's doing that. And they're like calling for pieces and I've got pieces. And, mm -hmm. and so we were just, it was, it was like all of a sudden we were meeting 
all of our peers who were doing the same thing and there and we'd created like a common meeting place and so not only did we kind of state that flag but i met flash fiction writers who are now like top flash fiction writers you know and here in 2007 they were like i'm looking for my people i'm trying to find mm-hmm. my people and as a writer myself and anybody who's worked for a magazine um, or, you know, in any of that capacity will understand when I say the best way to become better is to read hundreds and hundreds of submissions and actually start to feel in your bones like, oh, that one is superior. That one is amazing. There's something going on with that one. And then, you know, these other ones... They're pretty good, but they're not quite there yet. Or this one isn't even flash fiction, but I couldn't have said that until I read it. And now I have to define why it isn't flash fiction. And so the whole process of us putting out this press and putting out these books made us all better flash fiction writers and really opened up a space for people to continue writing this. So I would say that's my transition. I became a better flash fiction writer as a flash fiction editor. And then when I stepped down from Fast Forward Press... I started publishing a lot of my own work. So it was like it had been in gestation all that time. And finally, I kind of got 2014, I put out um, The Vixen Scream and Other Bible Stories, which was um, my first flash fiction collection as a collection, I would say. And uh, it was a definite like leveling up of my own ability as a writer. And it was totally from like running the press. So I kind of went through the back door, I guess I would say. That's cool. Uh, now I want to start a press. Yeah, it's it's um, a very it's a it's a labor of love for sure. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's kind of similar to, in some ways, to the podcast Definitely. of just yeah. Um, so we talked about the the attention span kind of myth. There's another myth in. Um, that you discuss in the book, which is that smaller or shorter is easier. And I wanted to talk a little bit about why that's not true. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, and I would say as soon as somebody attempts it, they figure it out for themselves pretty quick, right? Um, (laughs) And so I'll I'll answer with like an anecdote. So I teach at Sea Boulder and um, I'll often have students come and ask for my help writing scholarship essays you know or like application stuff and a lot of times with these scholarship essays there'll be an option like you can write a thousand word essay on blah 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 blah, or you can write a 250 word essay on the same thing and people are like oh well of course i'm gonna go for the 250 word essay because that's gonna be a lot easier right Right. and then they come to me and they're freaking out and they're like how do i say everything i need to say in 250 words i should have picked the thousand word essay you know Mm -hmm. and and i just laugh because that is the absolute truth um Mm. it is harder to say it succinctly than it is to go on and on and on. If I tell you you've got all the space in the world to tell me a story, you're going to use all that space. You know, you're going to stretch out and you're going to, you know, make yourself comfortable. And it's like we fill the spaces that we're given. And if you only have a tiny space, but you still have to accomplish the same goal, it actually takes a higher level of craftsmanship. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. Um, Looking, oh, looking for kind of the language you use, um, embracing constraints. There's another one, though. Um, I forget, but how those limits are helpful. Yeah, and necessary, I think, in many ways, because it's like knowing the boundaries allows us to know what we can do inside of those boundaries. So it's almost like a balloon, like pushing like the air inside the balloon is pushing against the boundaries. If there was no, if there's no boundary, there's no balloon, you know, it'd just be air. And, and so the, the flash fiction is really like the membrane, like the, the constraint is like the membrane and that like gives it shape. And then we create the art inside of the membrane, inside of the boundary. And, you know, once you get good at it, once you start playing with it, you play with the boundary a little bit, you know, you're pushing off of it and you're kind of like, acrobatic inside of it because it actually 
becomes almost like a like a puzzle to figure out how do I do this thing inside this membrane yeah I've been wrestling for years now on structure um with the memoir manuscript or whatever this thing is that I'm trying to birth and like those constraints that that framework the boundaries that flash creates is really comforting to me where it's like okay I can I can work here (laughs) I I don't know what to do when there's no boundary um and I've been asking writer friends and mentors for years like what what am I supposed to do with the structure here I just have no even the form is it supposed to be a memoir is it supposed to be just like these big question marks and (sighs) flash and even short story collection that gives me a sense of I can do this I love that and I think it's not only that for the writer but it's also for the reader um and there's a quote I don't even remember if I put it in the book or not, but, um, but there's a quote by um, Bruce Rogers, I can't remember, um, where he's basically saying, because it's tiny, the reader's going to give you permission to get a little weird. Because even if it's super weird, it's going to be over soon. You know what I mean? Right. And so it's like the reader's more indulging because... Uh, they know that there's an ending coming so right. it's not like we're going on a 200 page <laughs> weird journey with you we're going on a two page weird journey with you right. and if they don't love that one it's over and they're going to love the next one you know so there's, right. there's a lot more permission on both sides i think you know that's interesting trying yeah. new things and allowing the reader to to play with us a little more than we would if it was you know just going on and on and on right so let's talk a little bit about microfiction. Okay. Which is what you would call it in comparison to flash fiction. Again, but, you know, I think that people want definitions. Boom, they want it to be like black and white. What's a flash novel? Yeah. What's a microfiction? Um, so I will be slippery again. But That's fine. <laughs> um, I would say that microfiction is sort of emerging as like the subset of flash fiction it's it's coming out more and more and it's it's like happening the way flash fiction sort of happened but microfiction is kind of defining itself in the 300 word range which is even smaller and i would say that many 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 of my flash fictions are in the 300 range and i just call them flash fictions you know Mm -hmm. so um again people are going to want to distinguish it's microfiction versus it's flash fiction um and again, that's, uh, that's a personal choice, I think, what you would call it. But I think that this idea of microfiction is like, can we make it even smaller? Can the whole story happen in like a single paragraph, which is basically mm. the size of a microfiction, um, a single paragraph. And, and then from there, people play further. You know, there's a, there's a great little journal called Blink Ink, and they do 50 word stories, you know, which are like a tiny little story in a tiny little chapbook, you know? Yeah. And yet, it's like each one of them just kind of punches you in the gut. I never read flash fiction before I go to bed because I can't sleep <laughs> because it, yeah, it's like it stirs me all up, you know? Yeah. Um, that, I mean, that that's kind of a perfect segue to my next question, which is like, what is the purpose what is the i'm losing my words here but what 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 would you say that flash and micro are trying to do yeah i love that question um i think that we're telling stories in a new way so i think that you know storytelling has been one thing for many years and and i think this is my whole esoteric thing, but I think that we're trying to tell different stories than we used to tell. Like the stories that we used to tell have been told. And now we're trying to tell new stories because we're different people in a different world who have different things that we're dealing with. And I feel like it's emerged because it's really difficult to tell the new stories in the old way. 
You know, mm. it's like the new story needs a new way. And um, uh, I think a lot, I do a lot of comparison when I'm teaching with, um, you know, painting and dance and, and music and all sorts of things. And I think about, uh, I think often about this quote from Mark Rothko, who is a painter who, you know, his final paintings were these big color swaths, right? Like that's mm -hmm. kind of the final layer. But if you look back throughout his work, he had work before that that looked much more like Dolly-ish and looked mm -hmm. more, much more like, you know, much more in the surreal world. And, and he said, and I'm going to not quote him, I'm just going to paraphrase him, but he said something to the effect of like, after the Holocaust when we were so devastated, like that the world could have gone in this direction, we needed to say things that we had never said before. And we couldn't say them in the old forms. And that's mm. kind of when abstract expressionism came in because it was like, we can't tell these new stories in these old ways. We need a new way to tell a new story. So I think mm. that's, that's how and why Flash and Micro has emerged. I think we're telling new stories. Oh, I love that. Um, all right. What can you recommend for listeners to kind of check out as far as flash writers or pieces that have been particularly powerful? Yes, there's probably a longer list than I could go through. But I would say if you're brand new to flash fiction, I would start with the anthologies. Because the anthologies are going to give you a cross-section of a lot of different sort of people with different sensibilities and um, different styles and give you a little taste of many things. Um, some really great anthologies come up from Norton. Uh, Norton is actually the very first anthology that even used the word flash was a Norton anthology. And James Thomas has been sort of spearheading a lot of those over many decades. So there's... Um, you know, there's Flash Fiction International and there's Flash Fiction Forward and there's just Flash Fiction. And so if you look up Norton and James Thomas and Flash Fiction, you're going to get all sorts of different um, anthologies. Those are a great place to start. And then um, for a while now, uh, there have been anthologies of like the best Flash Fictions of 2007 and 8. And I think I actually have one right here underneath my computer. Let's see. Oh, I can't hold it up. We're on a podcast. Uh, the Best Small <laughs> Fictions. Uh, yeah, The Best Small Fictions, they put out a big anthology every year where they really do a good job of kind of combing through all the different publications and really kind of figuring out, like, what are, what are some of the memorable takeaways from this year? And they are not looking for just like big names but there's like big names there's like brand new people there's like all sorts of people um so best small fictions um i think there's a new anthology that's been starting to come out the last couple of years best micro fictions uh, so i would start there i think if you're mm -hmm. brand new and just let that be like the treasure map because then when you start reading those you're going to notice oh i love this person's writing, I'm going to look them up and it's likely that they've got their own collections, you know, or um, I'm going to look up, oh, I, I really love this style. Is anybody else doing things in this style? So I think that that, as far as a flash education, would be my first starting place if I were okay. new. All right. What do you, um, well, you said it's been all, it's coming up on a year since going short was published. What are you kind of, are you working on anything now? I am. Yeah, I'm working on a couple different things. Um, one of the things in the works is a flash or is a going short audiobook. So I'm really excited oh. about that. I know I've never done an audiobook before. So awesome. um, yes, yeah, so we've done already some demos for a couple of the chapters. And I am like insisting to read it because it's mine and I want to read yeah. it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, so we're in the works. That That is like um, my agent's working on that and hopefully somebody's going to bite and that'll happen here in the next, I don't know, year, I hope. Um, mm -hmm. And then I wrote, I have a flash novel that is out in the world, finding the right publisher. And, um, and then I'm working on a brand new idea that was really inspired because I work with so many writers in my like flash novel classes and masterminds and in just my flash fiction. And, you know, whenever you're teaching, you're just like absorbing massive amounts of inspiration, like at a rapid rate. And so I think sometimes just the osmosis of everybody's juice and excitement, um, 
just kicks you into another level and you're like, wait a minute, I've got an idea too. You know, and so that happened to me in March, um, uh, where I just got hit with this massive idea. And, um, so yeah, I, I'm, uh, making a lot of trips to the Midwest in my car these days, just sort of soaking up like strange Midwestern Gothic inspiration. And, and I don't know where the new one's heading, but that's the fun of it. So I will let you know, we can check back in. I'll let you know. Awesome. Um, Real quick before you leave, um, what are I mean? What are some things you're reading right now? I, I know you're yeah. maybe in your personal world, not so much. Yeah, no, teaching. and exactly. And I would say that um, in the in the evenings before bed, I don't read flash fiction, as I was saying, because it winds me up too much. And I'm reading a lot during the day, so I tend to read not flash fiction when I'm going to bed. So on my bedside table right now. Um, I have two things which are not related to flash fiction at all. One um, is a book that was just recommended to me called Love and Ruin, which is um, like a historical fiction-y account of um, Martha Gellhorn, who is Hemingway's like third wife, and she's like a war correspondent, and somebody recommended it to me. I'm a big Hemingway fan. Um, so I haven't started that. I'm also reading this nonfiction book called Tantric Jesus, which is okay. like really interesting. It's like comparing like early Christianity to like early Tantra and how they're both like actually saying the same thing until Christianity got like turned into this other thing, which is super fascinating. And yeah. then I just finished reading um, this book, Station Eleven, which other people have read and recommended to me for years. It's a dystopia amazing totally recommend it um yeah it was like a really lovely read and i wished it had gone on longer cool well awesome uh, anything else you want to say or share no, around this book no, i'm just i'm thrilled that so many oh i guess i could say that the book has won a bunch of awards which is really exciting <laughs> yeah it won um, yeah. a reader's view award and it got a, um it was a finalist for like a next generation indie award and a international book award so i'm pretty excited about that obviously but i but it it makes me feel like validated that this genre is actually getting the recognition that it needs because this is really not about me this is about the genre so um i'm pretty excited about that for anybody who's like where's flash fiction going um and yeah i'm just thrilled that you had me here and yeah. i'm so grateful to everybody who's already read the book or may read the book or um, that I've worked with or not or may or um, I'm, I'm pretty excited I've got um, workshops full this summer but I've got workshops again that I'll open in the fall and I've got flash fiction retreats and things that I do so people can check cool. me out over at nancystolman.com perfect out what I've got going on is that where they can pick up the book as well yeah if they want to pick it up from me um, they can pick it up there, but they can also get it from Amazon or the publisher ad hoc. If you're in the UK, ad hoc is probably the best place to get it. Uh, and the links would be all on my page as well. So. Okay. Well, thank you so much. This has been super inspiring. I'm like excited to write now. I haven't been writing in a long, long time. So oh, I appreciate it. Yeah. And thanks for being flexible. Absolutely. And thank you and happy, happy writing. Thank you.